Welcome back to the Nullified Take channel here on YouTube. We've got the TNT takes for you on Survivor South Africa, Return of the Outcasts. What are we, week five or week six? I feel like I have lost complete track of time, but it's episodes 17 to 20 that we're talking about here this week. And um, I'm doing it from South Africa, Zoe. Welcome home. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Yeah, bit of a bit of a secret. Didn't uh, tell anybody about it on the podcast on any of the previous shows because I came over to surprise my family. They weren't aware that I was going to come back to South Africa, so I couldn't talk about it openly. Um, as we lose Richard here, I think tonight's going to be a technical difficult one as well because we've had a few difficulties trying to just get on air. Yep, surprises keep on coming. Welcome back, Richard. How are you doing? Can you hear us, Richard? Maybe not. <laughs> so we're going to have some technical difficulties here as we try and get everybody on. Uh, I'm not sure because my internet is a bit weird today. That's okay. We'll we'll see if we can if we can get you on the live. But for any reason you're dropping out too much, then you know we'll we'll try and figure something out here as well. But um, Zoe. What a week of survivor action. Two players again that we've lost here this week. Two non-elimination episodes. How do you feel about these non-elimination episodes that have kind of stacked up towards the end of the season now? Uh, normally, I would complain about it. However, I did not because there's just so much strategy and understanding everybody's mindset, especially when you're getting so close towards the end. You want to know what do you deserve to be here, what move have you been making, and every single cast was given a chance to show the viewers, even them what's going on with their minds. So I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It felt like I was watching a human chess game, but I get to hear everybody's thoughts and watch it all play out. It was beautiful. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, the end game is going to be, I think, an interesting one with so many players still left, Richard, that potentially, you know, could make for a great win of the season. We've got Shane, we've got Marion, we've got Dino, Phil, there's a lot of great players still left in the game. And there was a lot of talk about goats and wanting to sit next to uh, someone that deserved to win this season. Can you hear me, Richard? Um, sorry, this is really bad. Like, uh, it's lagging behind. But yeah, I mean, so far, it's... Wait, can you hear me? Yep, yeah, we can hear you. Can you guys hear me? Yes, we can hear you. I, I've got a feeling that um, your internet may be going to play up a little bit tonight here. Um, if it's not working, let us know. And myself and Zoe will just continue on and talk about these episodes because I don't want it to be that delay in between. Yeah, and why don't you just join on the okay. chat as well so we can see your Jordan comments chat. on the chat. There we go. All right. That's, yeah, that's a shame. God, <laughs> welcome to South Africa, Malawi. We're so sorry. <laughs> we keep it moving yeah. on this side. Speaking of okay. goats, it was a very interesting conversation to have, which I thoroughly enjoyed because as fans, we just don't want um, 
a non-deserving place to end up. We haven't really had that much of exciting wins. So on the season of returnees, you want people who are, in my book, giving the show, dread confession, dread strategy, a whole rounded player, not just a person who's just going to sit there and say, well, I beat the weakest. So I understand Dino and Marion's conversation and I thoroughly support it. And I do understand how other players like um, Kilani and Shane can take that conversation into saying that um, your guys are undermining us and so on but this is a game where you get judged according to how you act how you play and how you move throughout the um the game and if your feelings are hurt we do apologize but you have to respect the game enough to want to sit next to the play next to the best and beat the best mm. And I think also because we've got a returning season here of such big fans coming back, you know, you've got the likes of Shane, Dino, Marianne, Paul coming back to play this season. They do want to feel like they participated in a season where the person who's going to win ultimately is the one that's going to carry the season forward and that is going to build the franchise. I don't think I've ever heard any other Survivor season internationally where people spoke so much about trying to represent the brand and grow the brand like these players are. So clearly LaRue made the right decision in getting them out there because they're kind of doing his work for him as well. Exactly. We love Survivor. It wouldn't be in South Africa as a franchise or spread around the world if there was no love for it. And we understand how franchises can die out if there is not a strong base. So it's very important that you cast people who understand that narrative and know how not only to show it on screen when they're filming, but also interact with the audience, bring us in, invite us, make the game exciting, participate, make it a whole round world experience as survivor is and it is what it is man if you love the game you respect the game you understand this job you need to do on the show and also outside the show now we spoke last week about the no bs alliance and how they took over power you know the full package started crumbling and i was i think at times critical of marion's game for letting the ladies all sort of crumble but i also said I'm not out there. I don't know what she's seeing and, and how she's going to maneuver to, towards the end. I thought she did a really good job this specific week because she started wedging herself into that No BS Alliance, having had a great relationship with Phil even previous to the game, and then talking to Dino and then trying to get them to go after each other. What did you think of Marianne's gameplay here and how she maneuvered behind the scenes to you know, get the No BS Alliance to turn on each other? My little Holly Quinn. I love it. The first villain. Oh my God. Poverty 2.0. You gotta get there and just cause chaos. She is chaotic as it comes. And it was a best strategy because right now you can see that um, everybody have their number one. She got Hashane, um, Felix got Dino and Phil. It makes sense to have the two, three people that have the numbers in a game tag shot at each other. And it's beautiful. I didn't think how easily, not easily, but kind of sort of like, you know, on my couch, eating my popcorns, watching and judging as I do the best. Difficult job, but no, what? I love it. I just think it was so easy to get Phil to turn like that because I just didn't understand why would you save Dino over Phyllis? You need to keep your numbers at all costs. You need to go after Kilani. She has no number ones. Keep your numbers. And for Marianne to wiggle her way in like that is beautiful. And after she made that move, I was like, 
it's for it's hard to win. I just want Shane and Marianne sitting together at the end, the Joker and the Holoquin, and just prove mm. that having your number one and sticking to your number one, no matter what, is a best strategy than just trying to come up with big moves as you go along. I think that I think. she found yeah, no, it's and it's a great point you make there. And I think that, you know, when we looked at the season in the beginning, we said, How is Shane and Marianne gonna make it to the end? They're clearly the biggest threats to make it to the end. How are they gonna get there? You know, um, as we get Richard back in here and we'll check in a second, see if he's actually got a better uh, connection this time around. But you know, we thought there's no way they're gonna let these two people get to the end together when we know they've got a pre-existing alliance and then also zoe what really stood out for me is that we don't just have shane and marion but we've also got kalani and phil from that same season so it's four out of the last play six players that are all from the champion season the which is like proof to me that season five was the best season in south africa so far it was the last season to catch up on i loved every moment of it and those guys know how to play the game and they are the ones who actually like changed the game in survivor south africa for us because they've broken so many rules and created this new beautiful franchise that we have seen following after so to have those very same people from those seasons being the majority just prove how much of game players they are and it's beautiful i think i'm gonna say it's beautiful a lot <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i need a new vocab <laughs> well 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 Apparently, Flex and I share something because I say 100% a lot on the podcast. And apparently, Felix is also a 100% guy. He says 100% to everything as well. So we've got that in common. But we've got two people here in the live um, that I want to say hello to. Georgie Spark says, doesn't Marianne have a secret alliance with Full? Gives her two paths to the final. I have to admit, I got very much secret alliance or pre-game alliance vibes from this Phil and Marianne conversations that were happening throughout this week where Phil said, we're each other's number ones. We will cut other people before we cut each other. And it kind of felt to me like maybe there was a pregame alliance between Phil and Marianne. And that's why we haven't seen them talk as often because they just knew they were going to have each other. Did you get that vibe as well? Or was that just me? Um, I think that was just you. <laughs> I'm joking. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm GD Dino, paranoid Dino on this one. <laughs> exactly. However, um, if you already know someone from outside the game, I don't think you need to have any conversation. It's kind of like an unspoken thing. If I see you in Survivor, we're good to go. So yes, it is kind of like pre-gaming, but sometimes people do look at the word pre-gaming and think that you actually sit down in a casino in a dark room somewhere and shook hands. But just by virtue of knowing each other, we've got each other's back, so we're good to go. So I do kind of sense that. I don't think they're spoken. It's just, they know it. It's like, if I see you on a survivor, I'm voting you out. Me? I'm the most harmless person possibly that could go out and play survivor. Why would you want to vote me out? That's why you're going to go. I don't want to <laughs> dinner 2.0. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Bandit Survivor content here says it's crazy how Shane and Marion haven't really been considered as a duo in spite of being a massive duo in season five. And I think we mentioned that earlier. It is crazy that they've been able to get so deep in the game so far. But that is a credit to both Shane and Marion's game. And I think that they're really coming into their own here in the end game. And they're really starting I to stretch their legs. I think most of the credit have to go to the move they made on the first episode where Marion was like, I can push Shane out and I'm okay with that. They kind of gave the illusion that she's willing to cut him out any day, any time and 
I don't think they just thought too much of that. It's like, oh, it's nothing, we can get rid of shame. So I think because of that delusion they created, they don't really see them as a duo anymore, which is ridiculous. He's still in there. Like, oh, where are you guys watching? There's like five people in the island. How can you not see this? Even me without my glasses, I can still see it. I understand yeah. people. <laughs> Now, listen, Zoe, you were very disappointed in Shane last week and you said that he's become too soft and you didn't recognize him anymore. Were you happy when you saw this week that he didn't care so much about the family stuff and he just wanted the chow and the advantage when it came to the challenge that he was in? No, I felt sorry for him because I'm like, in Survivor, that's a moment you're supposed to say nice things about your family, even though you don't really like them that much or care or miss them. But it's just like, cue the music, let's play the sad song. And it's like, I don't have time for this. And I'm like, thank you. Save me for the whole I love my family things. Some people do, some people don't. And yeah, it is what it is. But I am still not happy with Shane and his game in general because... I see him as a joker of Survivor, and I love jokers. I love chaos. He hasn't created much chaos, and I also understand why Marianne is not even, like, thinking much about targeting Shane or doing any crazy things on behalf of Shane. I think Marianne knows that if she takes Shane to the final end, she will win because Shane is the GOAT in the season. We talk about Kilani being a GOAT, but what exactly has Shane done he has no alliance except for Marianne. She's the only one protecting him. Every time he talks to people, nobody listens to what he has to say. He has lost that control and that power that he had in season five that anyone sitting next to him will have a good shot at winning because there is no move he can say, it's my move. I did it by myself. No, mm -hmm. he's only there because Marianne has decided that he should be there. Sorry, Shane. It's interesting you mentioned it. No, it's interesting. It's an interesting one that you bring up. I think with Shane this season is that he's tried to have some moves, but those moves have been taken away from him at key points where he, for instance, in this episode, and we're jumping ahead a little bit, where he wanted to vote Felix out in the spot, but then Tajan ends up going home, so he doesn't get that move, you know. Um, he's tried to take control a few times, but at times he's kind of had to work with Marianne in a DOP and he's had to sit back. Maybe he's sat back a little bit too late. Now it's hard to make those moves towards the end game. But I also think that it is one of those things where you've got to give credit to the players that are coming back playing a second season, that they're not going to be outfoxed by this guy. They know what he's about. They're better players than that. Um, and I do have to say the caliber of players are very, very high um, this season. The one player for me, as we watch these episodes and the No BS Alliance started to crumble, um, is Dino. I don't know what to make of Dino. Dino is a friend. I love Dino. He's a great guy. But is he really that good or is he just overly paranoid? And that means that every now and again, he's going to be right about his moves because I feel like Marianne is using his paranoia against them here to break up the No BS Alliance. And he believes her immediately. He's immediately thinking that he's on the outs of the No BS. Phil's going to come for him immediately. And she sees that. And I think she's a capable player and she's using him as a weapon at this stage. And that is what made Phyllis so dangerous because he kept on reminding him of his paranoia and letting him know that Marianne is playing you. And Paranodino has finally, officially, has landed in an island. He's full-blown on. He's just paranoid to the max. But at the same time, you cannot say that you are paranoid when you are spot on. None of those three guys will sit with Dino at Final Two. There is no way. 
So is it being paranoid for being fully aware of how much of a threat it is that none of them would take into the final end? He's not. He is fully aware of everything happening around him. But because he's aware, he has to be on a, I'm not, don't know what's going on, and also kind of make it easy for Marion to kind of jump in and feed onto his paranoia. But at the same time, he also needs to find ways to make moves and survive the No Bullshit Alliance when he knows they're coming after him. I think that Deno is playing the amazing game so far. And yeah. when you started, you mentioned uh, Marion going after her own team, you know, um, the a full package. You can clearly see that move. It was kind of a perfect timing because imagine if uh, Marilyn was still in the game and she loves dinner. It would have been impossible for Marianne to have the control that she has over dinner right now if Steffi and Marielle were still in the game. Yeah, and I mean, she's she's very smart here because she's starting to pull Dino in. She's starting to turn him against Paul in a big way. She's starting to point certain things out about Phil being selfish and winning a lot of the rewards and not thinking about other people going on it alone and all that kind of thing. Um, but she's also starting to target Felix, which means that she now gets Dino as someone that wants to work with her. And it seems like they're emotionally also like connecting very, very well on the island. Like they're, you know, constantly being there for each other when they're struggling, giving each other hugs and things like that. So she's really um, connecting with him at that level. But she also knows that Phil has another option with Felix. So she's splitting both Phil and Dino to not trust each other, and they both trust her, and she's looking at eliminating Felix, which means that Phil has only got one option, Shane's got one option, she's getting close to Kalani. I have to say, at this stage, I'm so impressed by Marion's game. Like, she is playing the game of the season, because everybody sees her as the nucleus, as the center, and I don't know how she gets taken out before the end. I think Shane in the game, probably at the end of this week, is the only person that would take her out because he did say he wants to sit next to Kalani at the end. Shane is literally the only person who can take her out. But the question is, when will it be the right time? And will the, <clears throat> would Dino agree? Would Dino see that way? Because I do feel like Dino has also fallen in love with an idea of sitting next to Marion. And I don't think that he'll be happy with Mary being out of the game because he doesn't have control over Shane in Kilani like that. So if Marion is out, he's out and exposed. I think the only way that Marion goes out is on final three. And if there's two guys still remaining, K um, Shane and Kilani and Marion um, in final three and they vote her out, that's the only possible way I can see it happening. Yeah. Definitely. Well, let's talk a little bit about Phil this week and, you know, him winning this reward. He ends up um, having to make a choice. He can either uh, give everybody the opportunity to talk to their family, but then he foregoes the advantage that he's going to get in the immunity or he can take it. Everybody tells him to take it. He ends up taking it, but then they are angry at him in any case. I think he, it was a no-win situation no matter what he did there. And then Tajan ends up joining him with the assurance advantage. I don't think they were really angry at the end. I just think they needed something to put a target on him. So it's like, oh, sure, why not? Let's use this as an excuse to go with it. But I really don't think they were just like that angry. Because, I mean, what was a man supposed to do? Every single one of them would have made the decision regardless. And, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. I don't think they were angry. I just think they were pretending. There's no way. 
<laughs> Did you like Tengen's uh, walking stick that he brought to the challenge? Uh, trying to emulate Coach from Token Chains, bringing in a stick as he walked to the challenge? Hell no! I thought that was so extra. I'm like, shame. Um, Teja, you Teja. already have a target on your back. Why are you making it bigger? But for solely entertainment purposes, I mean, it was entertaining. It would have been nice if he actually won the challenge himself. But hey, he gets to steal a reward, so why not? <laughs> Go for it. Do you, like, do you like these um, family you know, shots where you get to see them talk to their family back home and get a bit emotional about the fact that they're not there? Is that something that you enjoy? Like uh, for me personally, I'm, I feel sometimes called harder because I'm like, eh, I, I could do with it. I don't need to do with it. But I know for a lot of Survivor fans, this is something they really enjoy to see how people interact, I guess, with their family outside of it. I think it would have been for me, different if the people were actually out there, but probably with the COVID restrictions or some sort of thing, they, they didn't end up doing it this this way. They ended up doing it via a video conference. And it depends if you are like a family orientated person or not. For me, I'm like, guys, it's 39 days. I've been in varsity for how many years? How many months? And go mother, sing my mother, like, come on, it's not a big deal. But some people are very much close to their family, so everything is a big deal. So good for them for bringing their family together and family structure. It's amazing to see for other people. But I'm just like, Shane, mommy, it's only 39 days. Like, come on. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's tough for people to realize. Focus on the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he loved the dog. Hey, eh? I forgot the name of the dog, but he he loved that dog. Um, I, I do think I do think that you know we underestimate how difficult it is for people not having contact. I'm the same as you. I've lived abroad for many years. Sometimes I can go weeks without talking to family because you're just busy and they're busy, and then suddenly you're like, oh, it's been a month. I haven't spoken to anybody yet. Let me phone home. So I, I do think that maybe I would be different to that as well, or maybe colder if I was out there. But I understand that's a big part of Survivor. It's great to see them get a little bit of love. Um, that motivates them to keep their head in the game. I almost think that getting love from home or talking to someone from home, I'd be fearful that it would take me out of game mode and that I'm not focused on what's actually gone on back at camp. But the food ends up being a great reward for them before they go into the immunity as well. Plus, they get an advantage that gives them an extra five minutes that they can sit out in the immunity. Um, and Phil does end up putting that to good use, ultimately winning his second immunity here. Um, and something that we're going to hear quite a lot this week is that Phil is a bit of a challenge beast. Who knew? Well, I did. <laughs> I'm joking. But remember when we were picking our people, I was like, I'm picking Phil because I feel like he can win and confuse the guys. And you guys are like, he doesn't have muscles. But look at that. When you get rid of chappies, Suddenly, everybody's a challenge beast. <laughs> Sorry, Phil. <Yeah. laughs> but hey, he's doing a good job. He's creating a resume for himself. And as a person who loves watching people win, I do feel like that adds on to why Phil actually deserves to win this season. He has a lot of talking points. So that's good for him. Um, like you said, the food for me will be the most Thing I'll be focused on and the advantages and I do feel like getting a little bit of love from home can take you out of the game or weaken your heart or even uh, make it even like better for you because they can point out the loopholes that you do not see and the disadvantage of not having them on camp is that you don't even get to have this deep strategic um, conversation it's just basically here's some love feel sorry for yourself some more and go back to camp see you later I'm like no I need them here if they have to give me a family day. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I mean, obviously, Full, you know, came in, like you said, with a bit of a dad bod. Nobody thought that he would be the one that was going to pull out all these wins, but he ends up finding a way every single time here. Um, definitely having a great season. I think that I always gravitate towards the underdogs personally when it comes to survivors. So, you know, seeing Full, knowing that both Marion and Dino has got it out for him, they're going to try and get him out before the end because they believe he's the biggest threat to win the game. I do think he's the biggest threat based on his CV or his resume as well because, you know, by the end of this week, he's won quite a few. He's constantly on the right side of the vote. Plus, up until this point, Zoe, I believe he's had zero votes placed against him, the only player in the game that has never had a vote against him. That is beautiful to see because I feel like, it is onto the list of things that he can argue on his final travel council night. And I wouldn't be upset if Phil won. I actually wouldn't yeah. be upset because he is playing a game where you have to survive week in, week out. Without the necklace, he's probably out of the door. So, yeah. Oh, and also, he's on my chart. So, yeah. Go, Phil. <laughs> you better he's win. Making, he's making you a lot of points in those charts. Uh, Zuduman in the live here as well saying hey you two and everyone in the chat welcome to the live zudu man um great to have you here as well you'll notice i'm in a little bit of a different setup this time uh, i'm all the way over in south africa came over to surprise my family so um if it looks a little bit different if it sounds a little bit different that is the reason uh, but we are here and we're talking about survivors of africa there was a lot that happened um and i think a lot of this started coming down when they go back to camp and full ends up also this week, finding a clue to an idol, and he needs to go and look for this idol, and it takes him forever. He's searching everywhere on the beach. He's reading the clue more than once. He's going up and down the stairs so many times. He ultimately ends up asking Dino to help him, and Dino thinks that he's already found it, and there's no way that this guy would tell him where the clue is or where the idol is before he's found it. So it even creates more distrust between Dino and Phil, and throughout this whole week, everything Phil did with the idol, it just keeps driving more of a wedge between them. It was beautiful. I call that episode the, um, you know, the paranoid, because everybody was paranoid, and, and rightfully so, which was like, for me, it is one of my favorite episodes from 17 to 20, because it kind of let me understand more what actually happens on the island that other franchises do not get to see. You only just get to see a glimpse of here and there. And having a whole episode and seeing the cameras moving from one angle to the other, to the other, you get to understand, okay, this is how misinformation spread. This is how paranoia is created. And I just don't get to see the outcome of it all. I get to go down the lane with it. Because I couldn't understand it. But when Dino was explaining the reason why Phil would um, share the clue to the idol, it made sense to me. I was like, mm. I wouldn't even think of that. But when he said it, I'm like, oh, yeah, actually, it made sense. So I can't even fault him and say he was just too paranoid. He made a lot of sense. And it's crazy because you know, I was crazy. <laughs> Did I even find the idol? I don't even know. It was just nuts. <laughs> There was a lot of there was a lot of crazy gameplay that happened this week. You know, this being one of them. Obviously, him trying to get Dino to help him. Dino thinking that he's doing it to set him up and that they're going to vote him out, um, which drives him even closer into Marion's arms. At the end of the day, you know, Phil does ultimately end up finding it after such a long time of searching. But it comes down to a tribal council where Tajin goes into this tribal council with a fake idol, which he's wanting to play. 
And he's got this massive fake out that he does looking back at everybody so dramatic, saying he's going to hold on to this idol. I didn't know what I was watching. It's just so much crazy play, Zoe. And I know you love the crazy. I love the crazy and I've got an overdose of insanity in one episode. I was losing my mind. At first, I thought Tejan was just being um, ridiculous. But when he explained the reason why, I was like, oh, that, that makes sense. It's so crazy, it makes sense. How delusional yeah. is this? How crazy is this? It's so crazy, it makes so much sense. I don't fault Tijan for it. It was a last play that you could make, and in Survivor, you have to go out fighting. You can't just sit there and say, the votes are against me, let's move on with life. You have to do something. And even if it moves, ends up sending you home, at least you did something. Because how would he have known? That if he doesn't make that move or doesn't create that chaos, he can be saved. It was beautifully insane. Yeah, 100%. I mean, wasn't this the one where it was either this tribal council or the next tribal council? I think it might have been the next tribal council. It was the next one where Marion's going to fake about a nullified, uh, nullifier potentially as well. Um, you know, so they're trying everything to get votes off them direct votes in a different direction. So many different things that are being thrown out just to try and see if they can change the vote. And that's exactly what Tajin did here. Um, Zudaban here in the live is saying, agreed, Zoe, but also off topic. I just have to say, uh, now I died when Tajin was way more excited about his dog than his entire family. We did talk about that. Um, clearly, Tajin is a big dog lover um, and was so happy to see his, his precious dog there on camera as well. But um, he tried, you know, Tajin tried until the end, tried to stay in the game. But if you had to do a eulogy on Tajin's game, where did things go wrong for Tajin in this game, Zoe? Hmm. I think things went wrong when they had the um, board tribes at tribal council and he was questioning Steffi. I felt when he made that move, he kind of made it clear to everyone that he cannot be controlled. As much as they thought they could control Makilani, it sent alarms that he cannot be controlled. And also before that, him trying to build an alliance with um, Phyllis, Phil, and just and um, Phyllis and Toriso, and just telling unnecessary lies. And I just feel like once you burn somebody once or twice, like he did with Phyllis, there's no way he's gonna trust you going forward. I do feel like he should have never had those conversations unless he was willing to do something to prove to Phyllis that he can make it work. Now you're leaving Phyllis as a, in a game as a witness to all of the lies that you have been doing behind the scenes. When you meet up with Dino, you're not gonna get a reward of being put in with Dino like he's not going to reward you for that so it mm. would have been better for him to just not say anything to phyllis and Teresa unless he was going to be able to shift the game and then if you are going to do something do it and he had every opportunity to do it and he just went with the wrong people and not the wrong people because at that time there were the right people to go with but then when you start questioning those very same people during a tribal council, there's no way we're playing with you going forward. Yeah. yeah it's interesting. I mean, I, I really, when I look at Agent's game, I find it hard to know exactly where it went wrong because I feel like he was the guy within his alliance that was always the, the reasonable one. He, he, he didn't want to vote out one of their numbers, which was to vote out for Palesa. And I feel like when Palesa went, that considerably weakened his side of the alliance. So I think one of his biggest 
probably mistakes, love her, but was to be with Tony because Tony was such a wrecking ball in the game. And she ended up still taking his game down uh, with her, even though, you know, she's long out of the game. The fact that he was on that faction and on that side, it still carried weight a lot deeper into the game. And then also the other part of it is I think he tried to rely on his ability to find idols or to um, win his way to the end with immunities more so than building very solid relationships. We saw him socially sometimes not connecting with his tribe as well. You know, the, the rice incident comes up or him just not trusting and, and people saying that he played a floater game where he would go wherever the power was and he never really committed to anyone after Tony left. I think those were things that stood out for me and why I think probably Tajin ended up um, finding himself outside of the numbers because if you're not willing to go down with the ship for another alliance, then why should they keep you in the game long term? But I do think that a big mistake was made here uh, by the likes of a Felix and a Full to not potentially keep Tajin in the game to use numbers against the likes of a Shane and a Marion. But again, it comes down to, I think that there's some questionable moves being made by Full this week because he's got this deep trust for Marion because of their friendship outside of the game. And and I feel really bad about it, but I think he's going to get burned for it. 1,000%. And um, I'm not sure where we are in a conversation now, but I do feel like the biggest move, um, bad move on first side, except just watching off Tejan, is playing the other for dinner. Mm. That was, for me, his biggest downfall in this game. And if he doesn't win for it, and they'll hold him against him at the end, rightfully so. He doesn't have any reason to vote at Den- um to save Dino anymore. Dino is his biggest threat. And him saving him instead of taking a, a shot at him, at the tribe, um, at the jury, it looks really bad. It looks like he is not in touch with reality. He's not in touch with everything happening on camp. And I understand in his mind, he would vote him out next, but it would have been smarter for feel to save Phyllis and vote at dinner because Phyllis was more loyal to him and it was a number for him. Saving dinner is just pissing off the jury because at this point, how many times does Dante have to scream and yell, get rid of dinner before it sinks into Felix? I just want to see Dino win. I just want to see Dino win now for Dante's head to explode and to be like, why did you guys allow for this to happen? And just for him to be angry, I want Dino to win. And we said it. We said if they don't get rid of Dino within the first two votes after merge and then let him get to the end, he deserves to win. Because how many times do they need to be told? They know this. They see it. And before people say, we are not in an island, Guys, come on. There's a thing called common sense and eyes you can mm. see it in front of you. It's not even mm. editing anymore. It's happening in your face. And for you not to see it, it's frustrating. And I get down to frustration. It's frustrating at this point. Dino should not be here. If I was Marianne, I would have worked at Dino and kept Tajan and let's figure it out as we go along. Dino is just this is too much of a threat, man. He's playing too good. He's a puppet face. <laughs> He's really good at the emotional game um, and and making those very deep connections where people want to give their game up for him, like Marion wanting to work so closely and wanting him to win or her to win. Uh, Full giving an idol away to him, you know, earlier in the season, Tony was giving him an idol. People are just handing him idols. I think he might have the record now for the player in the game that has been given the most idols in the game, opposed to actually finding it himself. 
never mind just adults, even survivor rewards, even survivor gods are like, here's dinner, here's a car, here's a vacation. What else do you want, dinner? Like, no, I don't like dinner. <laughs> He's getting too much. As a person, I'm sure he's amazing. Love him to death. But if I was in a game, I would be Dante. I'll be looking at Finn at dinner, like sleeping one eye open because I'm coming for you. But he was smart this week with going to the outpost, getting the the reward, obviously, where he can take his fiance on a honeymoon on the Zambesi on a cruise. He did decide he was not going to tell anybody about that. And I thought that the lie that he brought back was a pretty convincing one that he was able to practice something in the challenge that would give him like a slight leg up. Um, and it seemed like it worked really well with the likes of a Phil and a Felix, at least believing what he was saying. Uh, and the reason that it was so believable, Zoe, is because we've seen that advantage given to other players in previous US seasons before as well. So you always have to try and put a little bit of truth or something where people can say, that sounds familiar. I've seen that in a previous season. Maybe that is what happened this season as well. 1,000%. And we also said with Marion um, saying that she found an idol, um, idol nullifier inside a rice. I mean, we have seen that happen before. But my curiosity is that how far can it go? Because I don't, maybe I'm on the unpopular opinion, but there was just something... I feel like a line was a little bit crossed when Marion is allowed to tell such a big lie at the tribal council. But then I did feel like Nico balanced out the playing field when he said there was no other other fire foul um, in here. So making it clear that it was either not played or it doesn't exist. Mm. The balance by, brought by Nico is amazing. I appreciate it. I liked it. However, how far are we supposed to go with this line, especially when you are now producing your own game within the game? I love it. I'm like, there's a show, there's a survivor, produ- production tells you what we're going to do. And Mary's like, no, I've got a better idea. Now we're going to introduce another alifiers that I only know that doesn't exist. I'm like, how far does the line go? I don't listen. I don't blame Nico so much for letting the tribal council play out. It's one personally, I know different survivor people, fans may have different opinions about it. I actually quite like it when Nico takes a step back and he says, let the game play out organically. Like similar to last season where Chappies and Tyson and everybody was having a go about the food that got taken from a reward and how it wasn't fair. He let them have it out before he intervened or had a conversation at the end. You know, I think that's a great way to look at it. Um, For me, I think it's bad on the players that they did not call her out and said, well, if you've got the nullifier, show us what it looks like. Otherwise, you're bluffing and telling her that to her face. But the problem is, is that Marion is in such good graces with so many players and the players she was doing it against was full, who's supposed to be her number one, that he didn't want to call her out. But that would have been the right move for any future Survivor players. If someone tells you that they've got an idol and they're going to play it or they've got an advantage, tell them, show me, otherwise you're faking and you're bluffing. You've got to call them out on this. That's my opinion. Thank you. I'm taking that with me. I'll write it down. Thank you very much for the tip. Because <laughs> it would have been amazing when they asked her to pull it out and she's coming up with different stories on why she cannot. Because then I, if I was there, I'd be like, okay, you know what? Let's make things easier. Let's just vote for Marion. Yeah. Let's 100%. see how it goes. 
Zulu Man says, literally, Zoe, he's got a car, he's got a vacation, he's even got an extra vote, and the extra vote carried over in a case of a tied vote, which is new, that's a new element to an extra vote that has never existed before, which made it very powerful, so a great advantage to have at that point. Um, one of the things um, that I guess, and I think this is might be what Zulu Man's bringing up here, that and leading the jury to each other with captions, um, I, I think that one of the things for me with the jury is, you know, should Dante be able to mouth and word to someone in the game, get Dino out? I'm against that. We saw elements of that happening in Australian Survivor with Jordan mouthing to um, his, his um, nephew or cousin in the game, get out Sam, get out Sam in that specific season to Josh, right? He did that in, in that season and it ended up being that Sam got voted out. Now, if Dino lost the game due to a person sitting on tribal council jury, influencing the game from outside of the game. I'm not a fan of that. I don't think if you're out of the game, you should be made to be quiet. I think you're, if you're in the game, anything goes, but the jury should be there to observe and they should not influence the game because they're not in the game anymore. How do you feel about that? I 1,000% agree. However, um, there are just some people that you cannot put on a jury like me. Please don't put me on a jury because my facial expressions will say it all. I would have to open my mouth and speak. You would just see my face and be like, mm-hmm, yeah, right. <laughs> I think the rule should be don't send sick, don't like um, directly send signals and don't force out your opinions. Yes, you can roll your eyes. Yes, you can have reactions, but try to keep them as minimum as possible. Because I really think it's going to be difficult to just sit there and be um, a mannequin and have no reaction whatsoever. I don't need um, Dante to shout, get at dinner, or, but I can tell when I'm talking about something and you look at the jury and you can see how they react and how they respond to it to kind of see where their minds are at. But literally expressing it or doing hand signals, I do feel like there was, um, they crossed a line on that one. Yeah. Georgette Sparkles here says he should have been thrown off the jury after that. Uh, Zuderman also says, agreed, I dislike Dante doing that. And I think that sort of, um, that starts to break the core fundamentals of what the game is about, in my opinion. Like the game is about, you get voted out, you have to leave the tribal council without talking to anyone or without being influenced. You can't influence the game. You should get out of here. When you're on the jury, you shouldn't do it. Now, Dante is a great guy. He's just passionate. Obviously, Nico sets the pace. So if he's not someone that's going to put his foot down and say, this is not right, then that's going to be allowed in future seasons as well. And they probably think it makes for great drama or great TV. I don't like it. Maybe it's less so powerful because Dante's the one doing it and everybody in the actual game is like, yeah, well, Dante's been saying that the whole season. Obviously, he's still wanting Dino to be out. So it doesn't have as much power as maybe someone like a Steffi or a Merrill saying it where they're like, wow, why are these two also telling me to get rid of this person? Maybe there's a reason. Maybe this person's going to win. But I do want to move on and talk. You know, you mentioned Phil making a really big mistake playing the idol for Dino. I do think it gives a lot of power to Dino if he gets to the end where he can say people played idols on him, he saved himself with an idol, he won some immunities, for instance. Um, just before I move on, Sam's also bringing up something about it. Let's just have a look here before I move on to the next talking point. Maybe production spoke to him after that whole thing. Yeah, it's possible, Sam. They could have spoken to him after that, maybe said that it's not, it's not on, and they thought we'll still put it on camera. Um, and we'll know that by the next tribal council. Will he continue to do that next tribal council? Because Dante, if he wasn't told not to, he'll probably still be passionate to get Dino out. I wanted to move on to what I thought um, probably was one of the biggest mistake, if not the biggest mistake of the season. 
And it's a rookie move that you don't expect returning castaways to make. Never, ever leave the idol in your bag with a clue. And Phil does this. After he wins the immunity, goes on this lovely spa date with his bromance flex, you know, and they go and enjoy each other there. He leaves his <laughs> idol at camp, right, with the clue in it. And Marion does what she does best, gets into the bag, finds it, and then Dino goes back to read the clue. It's one thing to have the idol there to freak them out because it looks different, which immediately freaked Dino out. He's like, this idol looks different. I've not seen this before. What power does this have? He could have done that and he would have freaked them out, but leaving the clue there as well so that they know it's just a normal idol and he has to play it at final six. What a rookie move, Zoe. It was shocking. Absolutely shocking, especially when you have Shane and Marion in the island. Like, come on. They don't only go through your bags. They take your stuff. I'm just like, what was he thinking? And it's more annoying because that jacket of his, that orange jacket, has like an inner pocket. So I'm like, I don't understand. I just feel like he made a mistake. He didn't think twice. I don't know. I have no excuse for Phil. I literally have no excuse for film. And South Africa is kind of like divided right now where people are saying that Marion crossed the line, they shouldn't be allowed. And I think everybody knows where I stand. If you leave your bags unattended, Zoe will go look for it. Hello, it's South Africa. <laughs> Don't leave your it's, belongings it's, unattended. Don't. I believe, I believe, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it's the same across the world. Like if you leave something in the bag, you can look through the bag. It's, you just aren't allowed to take anything from the bag and keep it like you're not allowed to steal it that's a rule in survivor but don't leave there's a reason when you see a lot of the u.s survivors finding idols they go dig a, a hole and hide it somewhere away from camp they don't have it in their bag because the game has evolved to such a level in those countries where they know if there is going to be an idol in the bag someone's going to find it they're going to look for it so uh, in my opinion such a wasted opportunity and because this idol looked different full could have bluffed that this thing was a super idol that they could play after the votes was cast and that would have freaked them out and i would have been like tony vlakos in his season i would have said this thing is going to last until final four instead of final six you could lie about it and i think that dino and marion would be scared enough not to come for him and he lost the opportunity to really powerfully play this thing that looks different to all the other idols that were out there on the beach yeah let's just say that he is too hungry he's exhausted he's not thinking straight because he clearly was not thinking straight um this episode even as far as keeping the clues keeping the um, congratulation letters you already know what he says chew it up there's a reason that people chew up clues they chew up any messages they don't leave any evidence behind i just think that um he didn't process it he didn't think that far and it is what it is. It was a mistake. We can move on. But what disappointed me the most is just him and Dino not being able to have a conversation where they are literally targeting the same person, but they are indifferent about it. They were both going after Phyllis. So what was the whole point of him even playing an idol for Dino? You both of them are targeting the same person. It just shows how much paranoid they are with each other, how much distrust there is there, and what a good job Mary has done. And even when we have these two people having a conversation with each other, agreeing on the same thing, they are so far apart, they don't even realize that they are speaking the same language. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Marianne, in my opinion, 
you've said Dino's played a good game and he has played a good game. I think Marion and Dino head on head, but I, I almost, I'm almost leaning towards Marion because I just feel like Marion is playing such a great social game. She's getting into people's ears. She's turning them against each other. I was very doubtful of her game after she let two of the ladies go from her alliance, but she's shown that she's got the power and the, the, the strategic um, sort of, I guess, gameplay to get out of it and to really wedge herself in between all these different alliances where everybody, like I said earlier, wants to work with her in the game. They're not going to try and get rid of her. And I think if she makes it to the end, you know, we spoke a little bit about it. She has got a massive story she can tell about surviving life to surviving the game of Survivor. Like, I just think that it is going to be amazing to see anybody out there beat her or have a better final tribal council speech. Um, Dino's maybe the only one, I think, that has a chance of potentially beating her at the end. But it would still be a very tight fought battle between them with probably maybe like a vote in between the two of them. Um, in my ideal universe, the final two would definitely be Dino and Marianne because if anyone of them take it, it will be a good representation for the season. But personally, I'm definitely rooting for Marianne because I feel like she played the game from day one. She never made any promises to anyone. Well, the only person she betrayed on the jury is who? Marilyn? Meryl, yeah. That's it. Everybody else, they were never in her lines to be okay. They were the breakfast club. Dante, Dante, Dante was breakfast club. Steffi got taken out and she was blindsided was as well with the Steffi vote. Yeah, so maybe Dante and Merrill that's the only faction she really has to answer to from that specific one. But I, I do think that game will respect game if she gets there. And I kind of feel like Shane was telling Marianne to vote Dino out. Like, he's like, you got to vote him out so we can vote for you to win. So he's trying to help her or something. So I don't even feel like Dante is that angry at um, at Marion at this stage. I don't think so. But I do feel like if Dino makes it to the end, there is a potential of Dante throwing a, you should have listened to me vote against Marion and vote for Dante because, uh, and vote for Dino, because if he does make it, he literally deserves it. Yeah. And if how do you say that Marianne is a good player which you couldn't take out or recognize the biggest threat that's sitting next to her? So if she sits next to Dino, I think it will backfire. For high game, don't sit next to Dino. But for the fandom, <laughs> for the fans, <laughs> sit next to Dino. It's up to her. Zuduman is asking real quick, what do you think is Kalani's points in the final? Well, obviously she took out Steffi and she took out Meryl. It was her blind sides, right, Zay? Yes, it was definitely her blind side. Are you killing me? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you were dangling a, a carrot in front of me that one. You knew that I'd take that bait. Like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, hell no. Um, that's a problem with Kilani. Uh, yeah, she talks the talk and I just don't think that she is living in the prison. Like she is a way of the game from a beginning to the end. Um, I don't think she's there presently mentally wise, because if she is, she would have realized that she is the biggest goat in the game that everyone keeps referring to. And I think subconsciously she does because whenever the goat conversation comes up comes up she's the first one to answer and i'm like girl they are talking about you do not answer that question shut up and she always takes the bait and answers but we can say that she did introduce it first we heard her talking to shane about taking us steffi 
it was, she thought about it. But here's the thing. There are a lot of things that I think about in life that I cannot take credit for. So if I had to think mm. about a flying car in a couple of years and you guys make a flying car, I don't think that I would have a right to claim that I invented a flying car. <laughs> That's a difficult thing that she's going to have to yeah. um, convey to the jury. You thought about it. It happened. It's life. You had absolutely nothing to do with any vote that has ever happened in the game. You were pulled along from day one up until whenever they decide to let go of you. It's a sad story for a returning player, but she's not the first one and she would not be the only one. I agree. Sam here is asking, do you think Dino could win? And Sam, yes, I do think Dino could win. I think my personal rankings, and Zoe, you tell me if you agree with me here, going into the finale, who I think is the most likely to win the game at this stage. I have to say, if Phil makes the final, I think Phil has maybe the best shot, but it's very close between him and Marion. But it's based on the fact that Phil has won so many times, he's not had a vote against them up until this point. That might change going into next week. Um, I think second to him, or, you know, full of Marianne, top. Dino maybe second or third. He's in there somewhere. Those are the most likely winners for the season. And then Shane, outside, very outside chance if he sits next to Kalani. If he sits next to Kalani, I think he wins. But Kalani, probably at this point, she's the last person in that, in that sort of, you know, remaining five in the game. Do you agree with that? Is that how you see it as well? I 1,000% see it like that. Uh, and looking at how Phil is thinking, Dino goes home on Monday and chances of Phil making it to the final two are kind of rocky because I feel like all of them have to agree that we have to send Kilani. But will Shane agree to send in Kilani? If Dino goes Phil next and then Marianne is her game to lose. Mm. Okay, That's so- how Marianne. That's what I would do. I agree. Um, so very quickly, let's get into Felix's game uh, and just have a quick chat about him. He obviously ends up going home, uh, played a very different game, came back this season, uh, sat back in the beginning, which to me as an Ultimate Survivor fan, that's how you play. You don't try and take to the big moves before the merge necessarily because a lot of the times that's how a big physical guy like him gets targeted and taken out because he's such a threat. So he stayed back, but then he did make some great moves against the likes of, in my opinion, he was probably the person driving a lot of those votes against like the likes of Steffi versus Merrill um, as he goes through here. But he runs out of steam with the No BS Alliance. What did you think of Felix's game this season? Um, and where do you think he lost it this season? Um, Felix's game is what your super fan love. I don't because I want somebody to play from the second the later on the island. I'm like, God, what? Go, go, Tony. <laughs> but as has proven, it never works. So it's more strategically, his game is the right way to play the game. And he played it amazingly for a strategic person. Um, I don't think there was anything that he particularly done wrong this season. I don't think so at all. I think that his downfall was just being partnered up with Phil, who continuously makes bad decisions when it comes to when he thinks on his own. When he's on his own and he has to think by himself without Dino and Phyllis, that's when you realize that he is not good at strategy. And he made a decision on his own to save Dino, which was dumb. That's him. Um, he voted off, he screwed up the Dante vote again, Phil. He missed up the Tasian vote, 
again fail. So any vote that went left, if fail was a cause of it. So there was nothing that Phyllis could have done because if he had known that um, Phil was willing to play an idol for somebody, I think he could have convinced him to play the the idol for me. Let's keep the top three. I absolutely don't think there's anything he did wrong. He played the game right the way they're just supposed to do by the books. He did everything supposed to do by the books. I just wish he was more chaotic for me, for yeah. entertainment purposes, and just try to create more chaos and more noise to shift things around. But he was too focused on not being the, um, the fitness we know from season seven that maybe he left out room where he could have wiggled his way in if he just tried to be more chaotic. I don't know. I think now chaos listen, would have saved him at this point. Zoe, <laughs> you, you, you know me. Like, even though I ex- appreciate his game being the perfect game to play as a super fan, I don't necessarily think that's my favorite players. Like, I like the players that are messy. I like the chaotic players. Yeah. I like the pinties, you know, as yes. crazy as that was. That was a roller coaster ride that I was very happy to be on when she was in the game. But um, I do appreciate the fact that he was able to amend his game and play a near-perfect game, but then he aligned with someone like Full who would rather take out his right-hand man and leave Marianne with someone that he can visibly see Marianne is close to Dino and he leaves that bond there. So there's a possibility that Marianne can work with Dino rather than what Marianne is doing on the other side, which is she's removing all the tentacles that Dino has, that Phil has, that Shane has, or even in the game. So they all want to work with her. And I think that's the difference between a Phil and a Marianne. And that's probably why Marianne should be the number one to win this game above Phil even. And then Phil is two or three or somewhere in there. But Marianne is really playing that game. One more thing. Now that I think about it, his move to go after Steffi over Maria at that point was also his downfall in the game because he was just slowly getting his footing with the people who were actually calling the shot. Um, Steffi was trusting him. He felt like he could trust Steffi. And the second that we see that moment between them, he cuts it out. And I'm like, no, this is the way you're supposed to nurture it, not destroy it. People so who want to work with you. Exactly. So taking out the one person that actually wanted to work with him, it was Steffi. I do feel like it was one of his biggest downfalls in the game. But at the end of the day, it would not have worked regardless because the next move, the right time, would have been to get rid of Steffi anyway. So I don't want to put too much blame on him because it was the right move. It was the right person. There's nothing he could have done, man. There's literally nothing he could have done. Just quickly want to say hello to Michael, all the way from New Zealand. Iconic, dear, loving this podcast. Uh, Michael, welcome. It's very early on your side. Um, happy to have you up as well. Uh, a lot of players improved their game this time around. Teresa, Felix, Paul, Dino, Dante, and Steffi had massive changes for the better, which is always fun to see. And then Zudeman is saying, honestly, Phil has so much paranoia and messes up the vote or makes the wrong decisions too much in the season. Love my ass up. Still remember Shanae, lol. Um, yeah, I mean, there's many, there was many missed opportunities. Um, Zoe, let us quickly have a look because we are going to have to do a little bit of a shorter live this time around um, with some time crunching and trying to get the challenge podcast on after this as well. Uh, but I promise you we will do a, a, a definitely some sort of a retrospective when the season is over and maybe get people like Michael back on as well so as we have a conversation about the season as a whole. So there will be some more content to come. But let's go into the point system here this week to see what has happened. Um, and 
before I go into it, Zoe, do you think there's a change in the rankings? Oh, hell yeah. I'm number one. <laughs> <laughs> are you positive attitude on this one? But I can tell you, in third place, Richard's not here to know this at this point, but Richard remains in third place. He's uh, been there for a while here this season. He's on the 322.5 points. He's got one player left in the game after this week, which is Kalani. She's got 40 points, 24 confessionals in total. Um, she's made the merge, but outside of that, she's had some votes casted against her. She hasn't really done anything for him. So I'm very low on Richard's chances to take this thing out uh, because... There is a bit of a gap between yourself and him. You're still in second place at this stage, but you're at 353. Uh, you've got Shane still in the game at 64 points, and then Phil, who is at 117 points. But Phil, believe it or not, is not the highest point getter in the game. And that's why I'm absolutely killing it at this point. Now, I'm on 416.5. I've got both Dino and Marion, who have been two heavy hitters. So Dino's on 130 points. He's at 87 confessionals. He's won individual immunity before. Uh, he's played two successful advantages, and he's found three advantages, which has helped him get to 130 points, making him the overall highest point getter for the season so far. Uh, and then Phil and your team, he's number two overall at 117, and Marion is third at 111. So that's where the points are sitting. It's uh, It hasn't moved yet. There is a bit of a gap between us as we go into the last week here. Um, I, you know, I've got to say, I feel like I've got this one in the bag, Zoe, because I feel like Marion or Dino is winning the season. I feel like this whole thing is wrecked. That's how I feel. Like, this whole system is wrecked. Somebody <laughs> bought this machine. Somebody stole a no. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> You're like typical, but, um, typical South African. Bl play? Blame the ref. Blame the ref if you lose. Exactly, that's my go-to. Hell no, it's not my fault that I'm losing. It's everybody's fault. It's a fault. <laughs> um, but I do feel like you've got this one in the back, one thousand percent. Especially since you have Dino and Marion, they are the top two. And I feel like um, if Phil goes, I'm done. <laughs> I don't even yeah, see Shay cool. having confessions. <laughs> what is he going to talk about? <laughs> No. Your, 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 your hope is fully on full. And if full goes next, then I, I really feel like that's the way it's going to go. But um, overall, I'm excited to see how next week's going to turn out. I'm excited to see who's ultimately going to walk away uh, with the win here. Was there anything that you wanted to chat about for this week? Something that we jumped over? I know we spoke about four episodes in one, but we spoke about most of the big talking points, I feel like. Is there anything that you feel like we didn't touch on? Yes, just one last point. Um I keep on rooting for Phil, but as much as um, the Zulu man mentioned all the bad decisions that he has also made, it clicked to me that Marion and Phil were willing to give up Kilani. So he had every moment to save Phyllis and get rid of Kilani, and he still didn't take it. It's like, he keeps on saying, I'm a Rob Dilla. I'll give you a Rob for you to hang himself. And it feels to me that Marianne is the real um, Rob Dilla. He gave him a Rob to help him and he took it and hanged himself with it. It's, it's shocking. So if you sit in the final, I do feel like he might not win because of all the bad decision that he has been making over and over again and can you make a conversation an argument to say the only reason he even survived this long is because of dinner without dinner he was nothing strategy wise so yeah my hope of phil 
winning are kind of going down because I can see the counter argument that people can make against it. I, I can see it. And uh, again, like I said, I think it comes down to um, full trusting Marianne more than he should. And that I think, and, and this is just speculation, their friends outside of the game, maybe they said a little something like, hey, we both go out there again, we look out for each other, and he's just putting too much weight on that, I think, in the game. And it's clouding his judgment, and he thinks that she's got his best interest at heart, um, which is going to be a big mistake. Uh, also, it's very interesting to see so many people from the same season make it this deep in the game, and you're like, what's the coincidence of a Shane, a Marianne, a Kalani, and a Full all making it this deep in the game? Uh, you know, they, they end up being the superior season. Who would have thought that coming into the season? But um, again, Full, in my opinion, has been the people's champion for most of the season. He's brought all the comedy. He's brought all the laughter. He's won a lot of the challenges. You know, I do think that even if Full does not win this season, we do get to see him back sometime in the future in any case. Now, Zoe, it's been great talking to you about this week of Survivor Return of the Outcast. Next week is the finale week. Myself and Richard... Um, we may be catching up with some players at some stage next week as well. So maybe we'll hear some inside goss after the season's over. So when we get yeah. together, we might be able to give you guys a little bit of insights on that. Also, um, I will be doing some interviews when I'm back in New Zealand uh, at some point with some of the players I've spoken to them. We'll do some deep dives into their game. So we'll probably find out a lot of things that we didn't know or weren't aware of. Um, as we watch the TV show, which is always good to get into. But please go check out Zoe's The Hangout Room here on YouTube. Consider subscribing. There's great content on there. Um, also consider subscribing here to the Nullify Take channel for more Survivor content and challenge content. In fact, I will be back in 45 minutes to talk about uh, the challenge, the latest one for the USA, Episode 7, with both Chantal and Drew. So looking forward to that. Um, and Hopefully we'll have Richard back here with us next week as well without some internet issues. And thank you for everybody here in the live. It was great having a chat with you and catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.